0: Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Hallelujah. Good morning. Ah, good to see you. everybody here today. Hallelujah. You happy to be here so far? Me too. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 52, beginning a new message today called, It Is Good. Tell your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say, It Is Good. Now in the words of M.C. Hammer, say, It's all good. (laughs) It is good. I was looking through the book of Psalms, I love the book of Psalms, and looking through the phrase, It Is Good, and came across some extraordinary revelation that I'm very excited to share with you today, and uh, it'll probably go into next week as well. But I also want to remind everyone as you're turning um, over to uh, the, your scripture, or we'll bring it up on the screen. That beginning January the first, everybody say January first. New service times. All right, 9:30 and 11 o'clock. No longer 9 and 10:30. We moved them up half an hour. All right, 9:30 and 11 o'clock. So uh, we uh, are just trying to make room, and I'm happy to be making room. We already have two services, that is, so we're trying to level out both of these services to give them all their potential growth, and then move on to more services when necessary. Not if, when necessary. Amen. 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 So uh, don't forget to mark your calendars on that. I mean, if you show up at regular time, you'll just be early for church, so no big deal. Some of you could use that. That habit. <laughs> well, there was a heavy rainstorm and it filled all the potholes pot in the streets and alleys, and a young mother watched her two little boys out of the kitchen window and playing in the puddles. The older of the two, the five year old, grabbed his younger sibling by the back of his head and shoved his face in the water hole. As the boy recovered and stood laughing and dripping, mom came out of the house, panicked and yelling at him, why on earth did you do that to your little brother? As she shook him in anger. We were just playing church, mommy. I was baptizing him in the name of the Father and the Son, and in the hole he goes. (laughs) All right, Psalm chapter 52, verse 9. Have you found it? All right, 52.9, I will praise you forever because you have done it. Well, we could sit on that one for a while, couldn't we? I will praise you. Matter of fact, I think we're going to be on it a while. It looks like forever. Uh, I will praise you forever for you have done it. Now, this is an amazing revelation that King David is getting, being that he is not on our side of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We all know the New Testament reality, thank God. That's what we're living in right now. Because Jesus, in his dying breath, said, it is finished. It is done. It's accomplished. But David, he didn't know that. But God had given him a revelation at this moment that if God said it, then it is as good as done. Yeah. David had this promise. He'd heard the prophet speak, foretelling of a day when the Messiah, the Redeemer of Israel, would come and redeem all men from their sins. As a matter of fact, he looked forward and said, blessed are those. Blessed is the man whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. He will not account sin to man. That's us. You know, God doesn't count your sin against you. He doesn't count your sin against you. He counted all your sin against Christ. Hallelujah. And Jesus took sin away forever. Hallelujah. He took the power of sin away forever. No longer does it mar our relationship with God. He said, I will praise you forever because you have done it. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at the next, next part of this verse. And in the presence of your saints, say, that's where I am today. In the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. What's good? His name. And it's also good to wait on his name. I think there's a double meaning here. His name is good and it's good to wait on his name. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the word wait here is an awesome word. I love this word because it doesn't mean to do this. When I was a kid, you know, a lot of our time in church was spent waiting on God, waiting on the Lord. But waiting on God means to gather collectively with hopeful expectation. See, that's why you come to church in case you. You didn't know why. I'm here to explain why. You came because there's hope in the house of God. You came because there's a message that comes across your ears from the living Word of God, and it changes how you look in your life. It changes how you look into your, into your circumstances and the situation, the challenges that you face, and offers you hope. And the hope is that the Word of God is settled forever. The hope is that His Word stands forever. The hope is that His Word will not return void. Hallelujah. The hope is that our Father watches over His Word to perform it. Hallelujah. We also find hope when we lift up our voices and praise the Lord because it gives us perspective, see. At the moment that you put aside everything else, you get the kids up, you get around, you get up early, whatever you got to do, whatever the routine is in your house. Most of the time it's a little chaotic if you've got three kids like I do. Get them all out the door, get them here, get settled into church. And then, and whatever, whatever trouble it is that you've left out there in the world that you'll face tomorrow, financially, job wise, relational, whatever it might be, doesn't matter. You come here to get your perspective right, to focus on the one, to focus on the one who's not shaken by your circumstances, who's not afraid of your challenges, but who's still seated there on a throne reigning over an unshakable kingdom, a kingdom that has no end. And knowing that, that gives us hope because he shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus amen yeah. so we come together this with the saints of God with a hopeful expectation there's in that root word the hebrew word there is a it says a twisting when i was watching the world series i believe it was game the infamous infamous game 6 and i remember a few times the camera would pan on this certain lady when There's two outs. The Cardinals have two strikes, and we're we're about to win the game. And it pans over this woman, and she's doing this. Right? There's a twisting. That's, That's the picture of this hopeful expectation. We come together like, yeah, we're waiting on his name. Anything can happen in the presence of God. Anything can happen. Anything is possible because that name bears every, every, every uh, uh, benefit of the covenant of our God. That name uh, 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 propels us, that is, to that promise that we've been waiting on. I will praise you forever because you've done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. I don't know about you, but I want a good name. I want, when people think Eric Holler, I want them to think, besides extremely handsome, very nice, man of God, good dad, good husband, good pastor, all of those things. I want good thoughts. I want good conversation. Don't always get it, but still, that's my aim, right? Right? That's all of our aim. It takes time to develop a good name because your life is being watched, and what you say affects how others view you. I had a friend, a very good friend, lie to me, lied to me all the time. Every time I hear his name, I'd think liar. And he was a very good friend. I, I hated going and playing golf with that guy. I watched him putt eight times on the green one time, eight times, and wrote down par. I said, Do you, am I blind? That, this is the most insulting thing I've ever seen. No, no, I got par. This is kind of <laughs> liar. I still love him though. Still love him. But here this teaches us that his name is good. His name is good because he has a reputation. Yeah. He has a reputation for making a promise and seeing it fulfilled. Yeah. He has a reputation for God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Shall he not do it? Has he spoken it? Shall he not make it good? Right? The Word of God teaches he exalts his Word, even above his own name. Because God knows what everybody in here knows. If your Word's no good, your name's no good. Right? But because his Word is forever, because his Word is settled forever, then his name is always good. Thank God Almighty. And God, therefore, can be trusted. Jesus through the Scriptures in the book of Hebrews taught us, Jesus Christ is the same. When? Yesterday, today, and forever. Which means if He did it before, then He is obligated to do it again. Because yeah. yeah. He didn't change. If He was good to you before, He's going to be good to you again. Uh-huh. If He blessed you before, then he's going to bless you again. If he was with you before, then he's going to be with you again. If he healed you before, hallelujah. He has given you his name to call upon. And when you do, you get everything that name stands for. Proverbs 22 says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor than silver and gold. And that's why it was important. It was important what Jesus was going to be named. It was important what God would name His Son for us to identify Him. How we would identify Him. How would would the Son of God be known? Of all the great names, the greatest Old Testament figure, the man by the name of Moses, who led the children of Israel out of Egypt by the mighty, mighty acts of Almighty God. Two and a half million people not only walked away from that 400 years of slavery, but they also walked away with all the good stuff. The Bible says it took with them their gold and their jewels and their silver. It took all their precious stuff with them. The Egyptians just handed it over to them. It was miraculous. And the book of Psalms, I've talked to you about this before, the book of Psalms says that there was not one feeble among them. Now, I don't know about you, when I think about that miracle, that healing miracle that took place, that they were under 400 years of oppressive slavery. Don't you know that they were not eating the best kinds of food? They were being beat down. They were working long hours. And then on top of that, they were reproducing for another generation. So they were just getting weaker and weaker as time goes by. These are not healthy people. Right. And in one night, not one feeble, the Bible says, was among them. God did a, I mean an amazing healing miracle miracle on two and a half million people. Overnight. And they all walked out of there healthy and wealthy and free. Moses. Moses was the the leader here. And Moses, what he came from, was taken out of that river and raised in uh, Pharaoh's house. And the Bible says that his, I mean, the Bible didn't say this, but Moses means, the definition of Moses means drawn out he was he was he was taken out of that river and not only and so he was named that but but it also became his purpose yeah. because he drew them out of captivity and of all the people that you would think that God would think to name the Messiah after Moses might be one of the candidates he even has a ring to it Moses Messiah but uh-uh he named him Jesus. Well, it's Jesus through Greek transliteration, but his name was Joshua. Yeshua Hamashiach. Joshua the Messiah. Joshua means the Lord delivers. Joshua means the Lord saves. See, God made sure to name his son Joshua so that you and I would identify not so much with what we've been delivered out of, but what we have been delivered into. Hallelujah. And that that deliverance and that salvation is a continuing thing. It is a perpetual motion in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God he saved us from wrath, but praise God he saved us to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord God Almighty. Not only that, but every day of your life, he's saving you. You think about, just, just look over those moments in your life when you knew he was there. He was there. He was there. Joshua delivers. He delivers. He saves. He delivers. He saves. Hallelujah. Amen. His name is good. There is no other name, the Bible teaches us, by which men can be saved. It has a saving power. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. To him, all the prophets witness that through His name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Hallelujah, His name is good, and it is good to wait on His name, because through His name, hallelujah, His promise is delivered. Amen. Demons flee at His name. Signs and wonders and miracles follow those who believe in His name. Amen? So it's vital. Vital, important that when you come to God, when you pray, that you always pray in the name of Jesus. It's really the only effective kind of prayer to have. It really is. It really is. I appreciate Brother Kenneth Copeland who somebody was talking to him about praying through, praying through. Oh, you got to pray through. You got to pray through. He said, in Jesus' name, I'm through. That's all I need is that name. That name says it all. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I'm through. Power doesn't come with much praying. Power comes through the one to whom you're praying to. Yeah. 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 Now, I want to encourage you to pray, but pray right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pray right. Jesus said the Pharisees say all kinds of words, it's the religious people that are always praying. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Uh-huh. we always use the name of Jesus because we understand that it's that name that gives us that direct access to the Father. We'll look at that in a moment, but I had this cousin. Her name was Tasha Lynn, and uh, she lived with our family a few years ago. She was living in a a tough situation as a child, and so we brought her to West Texas with us to give her a little more stable upbringing. And uh, so she had to learn about God and learn about church and learn about a, a, a whole family and what that means, what that looks like, and and uh, she 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 was so observant. She was so observant, and you know we unashamedly pray and we pray in the Holy Ghost. We speak in other tongues. <laughs> My little sister, she was uh, praying one night by her bed. I know Jennifer was maybe I want to say she's maybe ten at this point, maybe eleven. She's laying by her bed. She's just praying in the Holy Ghost like she always does. And my little cousin's watching her. <laughs> my sister said she, she opened her eye and Tasha's just looking at her mouth. She said, I, I, I want some of those ketiotas, ketiotas. <laughs> she said, how do I do that? <laughs> well, there was another time when th- we'd had Thanksgiving. we had all the family there. Had a great time. The next day was microwave day, and, uh, and so they'd gotten all the leftovers out of the refrigerator and heating them up, and, and my dad, Pastor John, was sitting across the table from, from Tasha Lynn as they were enjoying their little lunch together, and, and so he, he, he just wanted to pray a quick prayer and get on with it, you know, a leftover kind of prayer, you know, and uh, they'd already done their formal Thanksgiving prayer the day before, so he said something like, you know, God is great, God is good, let us thank you for this food, Amen. And he opens his eyes, and there she is again, staring. He says, what? She said, <clears throat> we always say in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, listen to me. Make sure that while you are praying, and while you are naming your request to God, while you are naming your trouble, while you are naming your loved ones and your children, while you're naming your friends, while you're naming things, don't forget the name that is above every name. That You proclaim and declare the name of Jesus, hallelujah, the one who saves, the one who delivers. Jesus said, and whatever you ask, John 14, verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's almost like he's daring us, isn't it? You ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Now look at John 16, verse 23. He says, in that day, and he's talking to his disciples about the day after he's gone, after he's already ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit has come. He says, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, listen to the language here. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Isn't this beautiful? Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So this teaches us here that the name of Jesus is our connection to the Father in our prayers. His name gives us that direct, bold access before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Are you all right? Psalm chapter 54. Psalm 52.9, we saw that. I will praise you for it is done. I'm going to hang out with your people and wait on your name because it's good. And then here he says, I will freely sacrifice. Let's all say this word like we like it. Sacrifice. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is Good. See, the fact that the name of the Lord is good, this should compel us beyond our own natural reasoning and thinking and our own emotions and feelings and pull us into a place of freely sacrificing our praise to God. It's called a sacrifice of praise for a reason because it doesn't come naturally. It's something that you have to give special attention in doing. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes action. And a sacrifice is costly. And ladies and gentlemen, if it doesn't cost you anything, then you've sacrificed nothing. Hebrews chapter 13 says, Therefore, by Him, that is by Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Wow. Wow. God calls that a sacrifice. Can we all just say that together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The, the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips giving thanks, is a sacrifice of praise. Did we get, did we get the good side of this deal or what? <laughs> when we came into a relationship with God, did we get the good side of that deal? Huh? I mean, before Jesus, it was tough. You had to dot every I and cross every T on that law if you were going to get any kind of favorable action from God towards you. But now our sacrifice is thank you. Thank you. Sounds like that's something that we ought to really focus on. If that means so much to him, it ought to mean that much to us. A sacrifice means that you're willing to lay aside certain feelings to praise Him. Sacrifice of praise means that you'd work through any kind of embarrassment, that you would rather please God than men, that even when you're tired and fatigued, emotionally drained, though your circumstances haven't changed, that you'll praise Him anyway. One of the greatest moments in my life where I realized the power of this was at a funeral. A friend of mine, friends of mine, a couple named Joey and Marcy Huffman, who lost their baby one week before he was to be born. Perfectly healthy baby and died in the womb one week before it was born. It was so sad. And we were there at that funeral and under that little tent there at the graveside and little white casket there. It's just so hard to even try to say anything at that moment. You know, I was standing out in his front yard a couple of days before that funeral and I'm just telling Joey, I don't even I don't know what to say to you? He goes, You don't need to say anything. Just be here. That's all that matters. But he said something to me at that time, too. He said, You know, I understand that there's a lesson in everything. He said, I don't want a lesson. I want my son back. What do you say for that? And they're just working through this grief. And as we had our, they asked me to come and play guitar and do a couple of songs at the service. <clears throat> so we did. And as, the, the ceremony was over, the graveside was over and everybody was heading out from under the tent. Joey and Marcy sat there in front of that little casket together and we were out here talking amongst other people and he got, he got up and walked over to me. He said, could you come under this tent with us and we just spent some time just you and us and that guitar in worship. It was amazing. I said, Absolutely. So we sat down together, and I strummed the guitar, and we sang, tears running down our faces, offering up a sacrifice of praise to God. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's in that dark moment. It's in that pain and grief if you'll decide at that moment to connect with the one who loves you, to connect with the healer, to connect with the restorer, the one who knows exactly what to do. When all the lights are off, his lights are always on. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? And if you'll connect with him and offer up, thank you, my God. I don't understand this situation. You don't have to understand the situation to offer up a sacrifice of praise. You don't have to have everything figured out to offer up the sacrifice of praise. Just connect to the one who can help you in that moment. He's a very present help in time of need. And it's in that time when you choose to give God the glory, despite what you're experiencing, that his glory will be known in your life. The greatest biblical explanations of this that I can think of would be two men in a prison in a Philippian jail by the names of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were unjustly beaten, unjustly, and thrown down to the very bottom pit of this prison, chained together, and the Bible says, and it was midnight. And I believe it tells us that because they say that midnight is the darkest hour of the night. So at the pit of a prison, beaten and hurting, having every reason to complain. Instead of licking their wounds and instead of pulling on the chains and instead of being frustrated and sulking in the night, they did something else. They offered praise. The Bible says that as they sang, the other prisoners heard them. And not only did that song find the prisoner's ears, but it didn't stop there. As they continued to sing, and bless God, it made its way up out of that deep, dark, dank dungeon and out into the earth and through its atmosphere, troposphere, stratosphere, ozone layer, mesosphere, the ionosphere, and on out into outer space, this song, and as it went, it gained momentum and got faster and more brilliant. Out past the the wonderful planets of this solar system and shot out of our galaxy like a comet, out into deep space, like I told the early service, even past Starship Enterprise. And it would boldly go where no man would definitely go. And bursting through that golden foundation of heaven found its way into the very throne room of the creator of the universe himself. The book of Revelation describes heaven as a place that ain't so quiet. It says there are lightnings and thunderings. And angels and elders crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. I mean, how could we even compete with that kind of praise? How can we even compete with the angels of heaven who have perfect pitch? In an environment of glory and praise and perfection and holiness, yet this song makes its way and gets God Almighty's attention. And when it flows into his ears and when he hits his nostrils, ah! it gives him great delight and he stops what's going on in heaven. He says, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Can you smell that? No, they can't smell it because it's only meant for his nose. I hear a song, and I smell a sacrifice, and it is well-pleasing. And the father got excited about the song, and he started stirring in his throne seat, and he started tapping his foot to the rhythmic cadence of the sacrificial song. And as the Almighty tapped His foot, all of heaven started bouncing. And it rippled across heaven and it made its way through that foundation, that holy, wonderful, golden foundation through into deep space past that spaceship, and on into the solar system that we know, pulsating to the rhythm of the Father. Hallelujah. And it made its way through the ionosphere, through the mesosphere through the ozone layer, through the stratosphere, to the troposphere. And when it struck earth, earth couldn't help but respond to that rhythmic cadence of its creator. And as the earth began to shake, that jailhouse started to rock. Hallelujah. And those chains that were so binding, that were so strong, holding those men, couldn't hold them anymore. And the prison doors that held the captives no longer could hold them anymore. Swung wide open to freedom's sacrificial song. I hope you got a little better idea of what that sacrifice of praise looks like. It invites your heavenly Father right into your situation. See, he really is on your side. And it's only right, ladies and gentlemen that we do this. It's only right. Paul said it's our reasonable service to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices to God. It's the right thing to do. Martin Luther King, Jr. said, cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it political? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe nor political nor popular, but because conscience, and I'll tell you that your spirit, tells you that it is right. Right. And I can think of no more proper moment, no more right time, than right now, that God's people would stand to their feet and offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. Hallelujah. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.